Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this time, my guest is Kyle Rush. He's the head of optimization at Optimizely. As many of you know, Optimizely is a very fast-growing uh, testing tools company based out of San Francisco. Uh, they're big supporters of our conversion conference, and I've spoken at their Opticon event, their inaugural Opticon event. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, it sounds like you know you're just kind of right in the middle of of, of all the the fun and the action. Uh, for those of us that uh, aren't familiar with Optimizely, can you give us just a quick recap? Yeah, definitely. So Optimizely is now um, the most popular A/B testing platform in the world. We're on more of the um, top Alexa top 500 sites than any other company. Um, and our whole thing is making A/B testing uh, easy because a lot of people, uh, well, you know, there's a lot of technic- technical stuff behind it, and it, it can get pretty overwhelming. So um, we have a, a web product that we've had for a while now, and we just launched um, a public beta for iOS. Yeah, that's exciting. So for um, Apple, but also for mobile devices, I understand. Yep, yeah, it's for native mobile apps. So um, you can actually use uh, a editor just like you can on our, our web product to deploy changes to your mobile app uh, without going through the App Store uh, review cycle. Oh, so really, it's, um, that significantly speeds this up. And even just in the general tool space, too, I think you know, one of the advantages of your platform is that you can test a wide variety of things without getting IT involved or without getting the App Store involved, as it were, because that always slows down cycle times, right? Can you talk about the kinds of things that you can have the flexibility to test without IT involvement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a big part of our marketing, actually, um, and, and a big draw for the product. Um, Optimizely actually deploys code to the website. Um, and so uh, what's interesting is that some engineers use it as a, an emergency uh, fix solution because it takes too long to get a deploy out most of the time to fix the problem. Um, but marketers can use this. Um, you know, There's sort of a, um, a WYSIWYG editor where you can just um, click and change uh, titles or images or you know, even change uh, the layout pretty substantially um, with just dragging and dropping. Um, and then once you are satisfied with that, Optimizely just deploys the code to your website and you don't even have to worry about it. Okay, but there's still so kind of inevitable things where it does require actual coding. So if you want to change a multi-page flow or a checkout process, chances are you're going to need IT support. No getting around that, right? Yeah, there are some things that are a little bit more complicated. Um, so we, we definitely have like two sides to our product. Um, we make it really easy for the developers to do the things that you need them to do, and then we also make it easy for marketers to do what they need to do. Yeah, and of course, you know, you should start with uh, low-hanging fruit and the stuff that you can change within just the marketing organization without needing IT support uh, to build up some kind of momentum for testing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that'll, that'll get you on the path to getting buy-in for the testing program, um, and then you can get the uh, IT team involved. Well, you know, I hear this a lot. It's like, well... Yeah, we tested something. We had version A run for a week, and then we took that down, and we tried version B for a week. What's wrong with that approach? Why do I need a testing tool at all? 
Um, yeah, so the, the problem is that there's a lot of things that can influence the conversion rate, right? There's a, there's a ton of different variables. Um, you could, for example, increase your uh, PPC spending uh, when you tested version A, and so your audience changed dramatically. Um, and then when you tested version B, um, maybe the PPC spend was reduced because the traffic wasn't as high quality. Um, and so there's just a ton of things that can affect um, the, the conversion rate. And so you want to make sure that you're controlling for time, uh, which is the biggest variable, I think. Um, and you want to test them at the same time so that you're getting uh, a pretty, you know, the traffic is the same uh, that's going to each variation. Okay, so let's be crystal clear because I have been many times, but I'll say it again, and you've said it in a different way. Never, ever, ever do sequential stuff because the outside world changes and you can't control for it. Always take your traffic, split it at random, show different visitors, different versions, and then you're getting something that's much more solid and stable, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so just in case anyone was confused about where either of us stood on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, just uh, when you tell people in terms of just testing hygiene in a typical environment, um, you know, how long should a test run? That's when I'm asked all the time and I have my answers, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, sure. So um, at Optimizely, um, we take a frequentist approach, which means we calculate our sample sizes uh, beforehand. So we have a sample size calculator on our website that uh, anybody can use. It's open to the public. And it asks you for a few inputs, um, like your baseline conversion rate. Um, and uh, you just basically use that to calculate how long you want the experiment to run. So if you say that you want it to run uh, for two weeks, it'll tell you the effect that you can detect reliably. Um, and so you can use the calculator just sort of fine-tune exactly how long it will run. But it'll tell you exactly uh, what kind of effect that you can pick up, which I think is actually really, really important to a successful, successful uh, testing program. Because if you are looking for like a 1% increase in the conversion rate, the calculator is probably going to tell you you need like a year's worth of traffic. Um, and so you probably don't want to be running experiments that are only going to affect the conversion rate by 1%. Okay, well, let's, uh, let me just kind of clarify that a little more because it sounds like you're pretty steeped in statistics and, uh, and I am as well. But um, you, what, what you're saying is really that uh, if you have two completely different versions, one does twice as well as your original version, then you'll be able to pick that up really quickly. But in order to find smaller differences, that's when you need to collect a ton more data. It goes up exponentially, the amount of data you have to collect. Yeah, exactly. Um, so typically, you know, what will happen at a company is a conversion rate will be, you know, some t- somewhere around 4%. Obviously, that varies widely, but, um, you know, I always just assume that a person's uh, conversion rate is 4%. Um, and the higher your conversion rate, the easier you are to p- the easier it is to pick up on differences. But most people don't have eighty percent conversion rates on their landing pages, um, so usually we're stuck with you know somewhere around like four to ten. And so it's really difficult to pick up on differences that are you know below five percent or ten percent in that situation because the baseline conversion rate is so low. So, uh, but yeah, you you got it totally right. Um, at least as far as I you know do my testing, anything that's a really low impact, uh, you're going to have to run for a very long time. Okay, so basically, you know, what you have to do is ahead of time, you basically, you have to know the type of test you're running. Are you going for a swing for the fences scenario or are you on a high volume e-commerce site and just like a, a 2% increase in your add-to-cart rate would be fantastic, you know, from, from 10% to 10.2% would be great or something like that, right? So yeah. you're, you're willing to tease those differences out, but you're just going to have to collect a lot more data or have a lot more traffic, a lot more of those conversion actions that you're counting. 
right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, the, the basic way that I ex just describe it is like the Google approach versus a small startup approach. Um, if Google is optimizing, a 1% difference to them is pretty huge, and they have the traffic to chase after that um, just because of the volume that they're processing. But a small startup doesn't process that much volume, so a 1% increase for them isn't even worthwhile, right? They shouldn't even be spending their time looking for that. So they're That's actually right. going to be looking for bigger changes in their conversion rate anyway. Right. So figure out the kind of test you want to run. Is it a refinement of something that's already pretty good? Or if you, you think what you have is pretty sucky and you can do a lot better and you're doing a radical page redesign, whole page redesign or something, right? You'd expect bigger gains from that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, uh, well let's um, talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, when, when, we're, when we talk about um, these kind of small improvements. There's that's one end of it is uh, like how long should your test run? But what's the minimum amount of time your test should run? Let's say you have the mother of all data rates, you know, um, and you are Google. You know, if I ran a test and in 15 minutes it said I have statistical confidence, is, what do you think of that kind of result? Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, there's another sort of level of complexity when you're talking about how long your test should run, and it's not really just sample size. Um, you also want to account for, so in that Google example, let's say they ran that test um, you know, at 4 p.m. on Thursday. Um, if they didn't run the test on the weekends, um, the problem is that they're not getting an accurate snapshot of all of their traffic. Um, and that's because weekend traffic tends to behave differently than weekday traffic. And sometimes company can even see differences on weekdays, right? So Monday traffic might respond very differently than Friday traffic. So um, in many instances, even though the, the sample size calculator gives you uh, a number of visitors to have, you sort of want to make sure that you get at least a full week or two weeks. Um, there's different ways to get around that, but you want to make sure that you are capturing like your full week's worth of traffic. Okay, so I just that's perfect. That's exactly, you know, I'm so glad we're singing off the same song sheet because that's what we tell clients is basically any test you run should be in increments of a week when you collect data. Like I say, whether it's one or two or three, that's fine, but uh, you want to average across those day of week or time of day effects unless you're specifically looking for the best weekend version and the best weekday during working hours version. It's possible that people will prefer different content during those times, in which case you have to take your data after the fact and just cull out the relevant portions to see what people prefer, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, I think that's, that's the key is you know, at least trying to do it in, in week increments. All right, fantastic. Well, we're up on our first commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. ppcprofessionals.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. We're back. This is your host, Tim Ash with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, our, my guest is Kyle Rush, Head of Optimization for Optimizely. Kyle, before the break, we were talking about um, you know, just uh, how long you know, basically your test should run, how much data you need to collect. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about this a little more at the company level. You know, um, you know, we talk a lot about the notion of um, creating a testing culture. Okay, let's assume you're like... Most of your clients probably, you're down there in the bowels of the organization or in the middle of it or in the online marketing and you want to do testing, but you realize that this is a very critical activity for the whole company. How do you get everyone else on board and how do you create that testing culture? What are the typical steps or stages that you go through to get to have a good testing culture? Yeah, um, this is something that a lot of our clients are asking about or uh, customers, I should say. Um, and it's it's a topic that you could publish multiple not, uh, you know volumes of books on. Um, so it's not uh, always the easiest thing to just you know provide a recipe for somebody because it definitely varies based on your organization. If you have a very small startup and there's only you know five employees, um, then it's you know probably going to be much easier for you to start evangelizing testing or at least to get your message out to the company. Um, but if you're working at a place um, and let's assume that Google is not doing A/B testing, uh, a company of that well, size. Well, they are, but we're, and we're working with them on it, so yeah. <laughs> right, but if they weren't, you know, it'd, it'd be a much different strategy that you would, you know, over uh, that you would pursue at a company like Google. Um, and so, I think when it comes down to it, um, the most, uh, you know, the, the easiest argument to make is when you have one of those big wins, um, and that's what we see a lot of our customers do. Is there's just one person that sort of just takes on CRO themselves and. 
Um, you can do a free trial at Optimizely, and they just like get the engineers to throw it on the website, and then they run a test without really involving people, um, and then they get a huge increase in the conversion rate, and they share that with other people, and that sort of tends to perk people's ears up and say, oh, you increased our sales, uh, you know, by two percent. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. How did you do that? Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that okay, it's, it's, what you say is important. And in in my book, landing page optimization, I talk about these kind of Kickstarter strategies, and one of them is to have this guerrilla marketing approach and go off the reservation and ask for forgiveness rather than permission, and just show them a quick win, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but I think one of the keys is to actually do the translation for them so they don't have to do the math. It's not about percent increase in sales or take rate or whatever. You have to turn that into an annualized dollar amount. How much money did you just make the company by running that one test? That's when you have the upper management's attention when you start talking more money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you could present it. Um, and so the presentation is definitely key. Um, luckily, I work at Optimizely where everybody understands uh, optimization, so it's not that hard. Um, but there's definitely <laughs> companies that I've worked at in the past uh, where testing is just you know, sort of a foreign concept, and the way that you communicate that is key. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's interesting because we've developed our conversion maturity model. Uh, that's what I actually spoke about it at, uh, at your conference uh, back in March in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, we look at several dimensions, the customer experience, uh, process and, and uh, culture, uh, the organization, the tools and technology, of course. And what we're finding is that it doesn't even matter if you have the right tools in place. The thing that's slowest to catch up are these organizational aspects. So I guess... Uh, without putting too fine a point on it, to me, what we've seen is if you want to be successful with optimization long term, you have to do quite a bit of social engineering and evangelizing and talking about it and doing brown bag lunches and uh, talking about your wins as well as your losses just to get people used to the idea of testing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when we uh, were doing A-B testing at the Obama campaign, the approach that we took was to sort of incorporate testing into each team's uh, like daily routine. Um, and I think, you know, um, at least in my experience, the team that is most hesitant to test is designers because I don't know if there's just a misconception about what testing is, but if you help them understand that A-B testing can help them make their decisions, uh, you know, like cause designers themselves don't always you know, assume that they know exactly how something should work, right? Um, and if you help them, you know, if they're struggling between answering bet- or deciding between variation A and variation B, that's something that A-B testing can tell them, right? It's not necessarily a way to tell them that they're wrong, which a lot of people think. Um, but it can also be used on the engineering side, right? Like, I used uh, A-B testing uh, at, at, on the engineering side at the Obama campaign just to find bugs in our donate form. Um, and so once you start to help people understand that there is a real value for each team to use A-B testing, um, you sort of like, you know, get everybody on the same page about what you're going to test. Yeah, and I think that, that you bring up a great point. I have a whole chapter in the book that's devoted to the different types of folks involved in landing page optimization and their perspective, where they're coming from. And what you're saying, if I can recast it another way, is practice the platinum rule. Do unto others as they would have done unto themselves. In other words, not everyone's the same. They have different needs. They're coming from different perspectives. So you have to show each group or person what's in it from them, from their perspective. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, absolutely. And there's always going to be something in it for everybody, right? Um, for the CRO, they want to talk yeah, about the conversion rate. The designers want to talk about what's best for the user. The engineers want something that's fast and efficient, you know, and you can accomplish all of that with A-B testing. Everybody can, can use it. Okay, and so I think there are two parts to, that are important here. One is ask them and involve them in the 
process and to from their perspective show them how they would benefit by cooperating with you is that yep. a good way of putting it you always yep you always want to show them the value that they get out of it right every everybody is uh, selfish for the most part and they want to know how it's <laughs> going to benefit them and that's going to be the easiest approach okay well um let's talk about uh kind of the when you shouldn't test, because this is kind of the elephant in the room, and it's wonderful to beat the drumbeat of testing. But um, what if you come across client, uh, whether it's their industry or their size or their internal culture or their business model, when is it not a good idea to test? Yeah, um, there. I, I would say that there's a uh, plethora of times that it's not a good idea. To test. <laughs> um, what I've seen a lot of the time is that when somebody gets a new A-B testing platform, they think that they should just test like every single little change to the page. Um, and the problem is when you start calculating out sample sizes is that um, that would leave you with a, a lot of um, like little ROI on the, the time that you're investing in those tests. Um, and so what I would say is it's obviously going to vary depending on uh, your optimization maturity at your company and how large it is and, and what you've done in the past. Um, but generally speaking, I think um, there's always going to be like low-hanging fruit things that people should test, but I always try to encourage people to test things like um, you know fundamentally changing the way that their user acquisition goes or the way that their um, conversion funnel um, happens, and I think that those are good uh, uses of time for tests. Um, but you know, changing like you know button color 15 different times in 15 different tests is I don't think a, a great time uh, a, a great t- way to spend your time. Okay, so so don't don't test stupid stuff. Don't test trivial stuff. If you know if something is a best practice um, in terms of you know call to action button having a high contrast and being unique on the page, you don't really have to test that every time. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that, uh, and, and you'll notice this when you start to use a sample size calculator, right? Like if you want to test something and uh, it's a small change, it's likely only going to result in a small difference. So that's going to take you a long time to pick up. But um, let's say, you know, that your designers are already almost finished with a redesign that you weren't planning on testing. Um, but that's a fundamental change, and you do want to know what effect that had on the conversion rate um, in, in a statistical manner, right? Not in a, um, here was a conversion rate before our new design launch, and here, here is how it was after. Um, and I would much rather spend my time testing that new redesign so that we can learn how that affected the, the um, user behavior. Right, right, right. And then, so really you should incorporate, I was talking to Sean Ellis from Qualaroo. He's the guy that he spoke in a conversion conference and he coined the term growth hacking a, a few years ago. But he was saying that really you should kind of build optimization into your redesign process and you shouldn't say, okay, we're going to have one new checkout or one new free trial registration. Let's test two or three different ones as part of our redesign process because we're going to expend the engineering resources anyway to get it all built. Um, Let's just build the testing in and and uh, test the critical parts of our new user experience, right? Yep. I hear you saying that kind of whole funnel or whole process improvements are the ones most likely to lead to the biggest uh, you know, conversion rate optim- improvements, right? Yeah, and I think it's just important to, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can spend your time, right? Um, and actually what we did at the Obama campaign is we never did like a full-on redesign. Um, what we did is we let our testing influence the design. Um, and I think that that's a much better approach because um, typically if you're just doing a full redesign, you allocate resources, you get the design done, and then you allocate the resources to engineer it, um, and then it's done and you don't really look back. Um, but you don't want to do that, right? You, optimization is a continual process uh, that happens throughout time, and you always want to be like revisiting. Um, and so to me, it's impossible to just completely redesign your web page every month, right? So yeah. it's, it's an evolution sort of thing. Um, we, we I always try to let the... 
uh, testing influence the design. Um, and mm -hmm. that sort of makes designers a little bit uneasy until you get them to understand how they can use it to make design decisions. Perfect. Okay, well, after our, our, our last break here, I want to come back and I want to talk about that, you know, testing versus redesign uh, idea. I also want to explore this uh, bizarre, uh, let's just say, bizarre fascination you have of dressing up your little Maltese dog. We'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And I'm um, continuing my conversation with Kyle Rush, the head of optimization at Optimizely. Kyle, you live in New York City, six-floor walk-up. You have a Maltese. You dress it up. Tell me about the wardrobe of your little scrawny eight-pound dog. That's smaller than my cat's. Yeah, uh, he's a small little guy, um, but he's, he's always very, very well-dressed. Um, what I love about living in New York is there's a ton of little boutique pet shops that, that sell, uh, you know, <laughs> nice quality clothing for dogs. Uh, and this Sorry. is sort of one of my I, I, uh, So to tell, okay, so what kind of outfits does, does the dapper dog around town wear these days? Oh, he has almost everything. So I usually don't take him out in outfits because then I get weird looks, but in the house he definitely wears clothes. Um, <laughs> 
but you know, he has polos, he has tank tops, he has um, he has a bow tie even um, for, and he has a dress shirt, and he has shorts and pants, and you know, he's got it all, pajamas. Wow. I, so I, I could just see a little Maltese and a wife beater. That's just, that's hilarious. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, well, now with that thought picture in my mind, let's get back to work. Um, I, you mentioned, you know, that you kind of see as, okay, testing should be built into your culture, ideally, and, you know, and so your website should evolve and testing should influence the design. That's all wonderful stuff, but, um, you know, and, and I hear a lot about this testing velocity and, and things like that, but it isn't don't you have to step back sometimes and just redesign from scratch in other words you can't evolve your way to you know a perfect experience it's just like uh, it's very dependent on the path you take and what happens along the way and you might end up in a better spot but not necessarily the best spot when is it time to redesign when is it time to stop testing for a while and redesign yeah, a lot of the stuff is contextual, right? There's no hard and fast rules. Um, I think that if you're a small startup, um, which and, and those you know sorts of organizations tend to do full-on redesigns all the time, I think that's totally fine. Um, but the key is to actually test it, right? Um, these small startups um, will you know be really quick to get uh, to go to market with something, and it's not perfect, um, and that's a that's a great you know uh, process to have. Um, but then you know a few months later they'll they'll go and redesign and refine it. Um, and in that case, I'm you know all for a, a complete redesign. It's just the key that would be to testing it. Um, if you're a much more mature company, right, like um, you know 500 people at your company, um, you're probably going to have a much more difficult time redesigning your entire website because you have so many stakeholders. Um, and so in that instance, it's actually just easier to let the you know small tests um, influence the overall design. Um, and so I think it's just really contextual on on what you're doing. Well, I don't think it's a company size thing, though. I'm just going to share my perspective on it. I really think that there's a time for testing and there's a time to stop testing. Once in a while, you have to redesign your whole site and your whole user experience. It's a great time to replatform if you're planning to do or need to do that anyway. You really often, to get the best results, need to plug in a bunch of enabling technologies like integrating it with behavioral targeting or your CRM or your marketing automation system or real-time third-party data append. You can't do that in the middle of testing. You just have to put that plumbing in in one shot and make sure that it's available. So, so, and then a lot of times the best experiences are going to involve changes to your business model or your workflow. Maybe it's not a free trial. Maybe it's a paid trial. Maybe you do something different and sign them up on the phone and have a call center. So you can't really in parallel test those kind of things either. So I think my point is that uh, I know you're in the middle of a testing company, but um, there's some times when you just have to stop testing, do the redesign, and then start testing again to refine that. Yeah, and that makes you know total sense to me. I don't I don't have any disagreement there. Um, yeah. there. There are definitely things that we've launched that optimize it without testing, right? Um, and it's like I said, it, to me, it, it's contextual on you know what the situation is, how important it is, uh, you know what deadlines are, you know, like it, it, it's just uh, uh, it's it, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into the uh, decision making. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I just hear this. There, there's some you know testing consultancies out there that take a pretty radical stance on this and say you should test everything and you should never do website redesigns, which I just find preposterous. Now, again, we, I don't have really a dog in the fight since we do both conversion focused redesigns and testing, but I think there's you have to alternate them is is probably the best approach over time. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, as with anything, it's, it's really difficult to have absolute rules, right? You, you really have to understand the different inputs that you put into an equation. Um, and, and when you do that, uh, you'll get different answers. Uh, okay, so Kyle, we only have a little time left. I just want to uh, kind of say, is there any uh, closing thoughts you have for our listeners uh, as they're starting or uh, evolving their testing programs? Uh, what, are, what are some gotchas or, or things you want them to know? Um, yeah, so I think for me, it's just a um, sort of a, a, a general thought, and that's uh, when I first started uh, testing, it, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it, um, and it's been a learning process for me. Um, and so I would say that um, it can be uh, very difficult to, you know, jump in and start your first test and, and figure out where to go um, from there. Um, and a lot of people think that there's like this prescribed plan that you go through. Um, and I would say that it's, um, you know, if people aren't A-B testing, they should just go into it and start learning as they go along uh, because it's not something that people just know innately, right? Um, and so uh, there's definitely a lot of room for learning, and you'll learn that as you go along. But uh, don't be intimidated by it. Just just go right in. Yeah, don't worry about the math or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the tools are pretty good at telling you when you've reached the correct decision or likely to be correct decision. Uh, just jump in and learn uh, through lumps and experience, right? Take your lumps. Exactly. Be fearless. Go. Just go at it. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a that's a, a great thing to close on. Uh, again, Kyle Rush, head of optimization at Optimizely. Thank you for taking the time and sharing with our audience and uh, loyal listeners. Uh, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.